This is the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of August 7th, 2020, and it's a Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, here in Orlando. And before I introduce the cast, I want to tell you that today's show is brought to you by Life Journal. Life Journal is a 13-week daily planner and journal designed to clarify and focus who you are created and called to be. The journal and planner combine both your spiritual life and your day-to-day life together into one tool. It's like if Tim Ferriss, uh, Christine Kane, Todine Robbins, and Louis Giglio all got together in a room and created a planner. It's a perfect size to throw in a backpack or laptop bag. And the best part is it's undated, so you can literally start anytime. Today, tomorrow, doesn't matter. You can organize your days, weeks, and months, create and accomplish goals, and grow in your faith all in one place. It includes things like daily planning, a journal, to-do list, gratitude, Bible study, goal setting, habit tracking, a prayer journal, and an area for sermon or podcast notes, which we know you're going to take notes on this show. Uh, It really does have it all. Start something new. Start something you've known you've needed to do for a while and start today with a free seven-day trial by going to gospelfocus.com or get a special relevant podcast discount of 40% off your first life journal at gospelfocused.com slash relevant. That's gospelfocused, F-O-C-U-S-E-D.com slash relevant. All right. Well, joining us from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author and podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey guys. And from Nashville, Tennessee, artist and producer and entrepreneur, life coach, Derek Miner. Hola. <laughs> if I throw you off, you change your greeting. Have you noticed this? If I add something to your titles, you do, you come with a new greeting. I, I start is, feeling myself, bro. Every time you add on to it, I'm like, yeah, you right, you right, you right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, uh, Corey Asbury joins us. He's worship leader. You probably know him for a little song called Reckless Love that he mm. wrote uh, a couple right. years ago. And then he vanished. He, he pulled a Chappelle and he just mm. went away at the height of his success. He's back. He has a new album. And we talked to him about that. Also, uh, Pastor Chad Veach joins us on the show today. He has a new book coming out in a couple weeks. And we talked to him about that and a bunch of other stuff. It's a good show. And at the end of the show, you want to stay tuned. We have your alien feedback. You guys had a lot of thoughts about UFOs. So I'm so glad we're talking about this, bringing that conversation to the forefront where it belongs. And by the way, we got to, you know, Jamie, your whole family is invested in this topic now. We, were, <laughs> we got firsthand uh, a proof of that, that, yeah. that you, your family is now going down this rabbit hole. And I'm sure that the, the, the past weekend, because you sent us a text, I think it was on Sunday afternoon, maybe. I'm trying to remember. Um, it was sometime over the weekend. How much of your weekend, Jamie? Were you involved in watching either weird alien documentaries on Netflix or talking to your kids about weird alien stuff? So this is my oldest son. He's 16. And I when I get done recording this podcast with you guys, literally, he's the first person I want to talk to. Because I'll be like, Caden, <laughs> let me tell you what I learned today. And I I'll learned tell about him. <laughs> I learned about Tame Impala. <laughs> yes. I, him, I tell him these things. And he all the time is like, I already knew that, mom. And so I'm trying really hard to get ahead of the game here. If you guys could help me out. But... He is totally in. I sent your video. We listened to the whole yeah. show last week together. And he's like, 
I like this Jesse guy. That's literally what he said to good. me. He's like, I yeah, like this Jesse guy <laughs> and I'm here for this. So we talked all about it at the dinner table and he is 100%. He said he would get in the ship. Remember I asked you, would you go in a mm-hmm. ship? He said he would. So there you go. You might oh. as well, because here's the thing. If they're coming and they're on a ship, <laughs> you might as well go voluntarily because if they made it here, they're going to do what they want. They might, you might treat as well you nicely if you go volunteer. If you volunteer, they'll be like, oh, she was in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What what what's your remind me again, what's your son your oldest son's name? Caden. Caden. Cameron, I want to do a bonus episode or even a bonus <laughs> segment, you know, okay. that that is uh, you know, we get Caden on and we chop it up. We really, really kind of see where he's at on so because I have a lot of ideas on this topic that I, I have I, actually I have a slice today that isn't uh, a sci-fi. Well, it, it's it's actually happening, so it's not fiction, but it's science related that I feel like has a lot of interesting um, uh, implications. That I think I think Caden, you know, he's he's you know he's tacking in the same direction here. So so I'm here to have for him all on. of this. Yeah, good, good. I'm sorry. I'm I, before I move the show along to the hot list. I'm just distracted. You know, this is an audio podcast, but listeners probably know where we see each other. We're we're video conferencing. Derek Miner is in a, in a tank top and looking. <laughs> Are you distracted by his? Vi- I'm, I'm distracted by his biceps and his shoulder strength. I didn't realize you were so jacked, man. Bro, that's that country strength, bro. Where you grew up in <laughs> Columbia, Tennessee, throwing hay bales on the back of trucks. It don't leave. It don't leave, baby. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they call they call that farm strong. That's it. That's it. Hey, look, it's a different bro, kind of strength. I'm gonna. Hey, if we when we start filming this boy and putting it out, it's tank tops every day. <laughs> okay. okay hey, once I lose this dad weight, it's over. I'm never wearing a shirt. I'm just letting y'all know. Look, look here's I'm how. I'm never wearing a shirt. Here's how on the spectrum of 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 just you know brute strength it goes. There's like yeah. three tiers. Yeah. One is like uh, people who uh, are go to the gym and do CrossFit. You know, yeah. physically they. Appear Appear to be very strong, okay, right. uh, but but that's more of a physique thing than just. I'm talking just brute strength, right. strength that it can. Like I'm talking about this strength that's actually gonna help. Like you're moving, and for some reason you're moving into a mansion that has you know a bunch of armoires that need to be go up a flight of stairs. Okay, right. I'm talking brute strength. Right. I'm not yeah, talking right. about that's not just, CrossFit strength. That, no, no, no. That, CrossFit yeah. strength is basically they call those in in, in gym parlance bar muscles right it's the muscles that pop through the 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 t-shirt while you're hanging out at the bar right Right. they're great at bar muscles okay but it's a physique (laughs) thing i need an armoire three flights up and then someone (laughs) to go back down and get the couch okay everyone's been there you need brute you need just just brute strength so on the spectrum it's the crossfit physiques here (laughs) it's dad strength which by the way isn't limited to just men it happens when someone is older and is a parent and has been so on edge for so many years <laughs> yeah. that all these weird hormones have been like pumping through your body and muscles. It's like a superpower. For, it is that that as a parent, <laughs> you, you never have to I- even work out again. You're just going to be given this weird brute strength. Anyone who's well, playing, you're picking up children all the time. I mean, think about <laughs> that. Like even when the kids are older, barbells. I mean, even the when kid- the kids are older and you're stressing about teenage stuff, the brute strength grows. Anyone who's played bas- driveway <laughs> so you're basketball, you're saying it's stress induced. You're saying this is an activity it's, induced. It's, it's hormonal. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's a survival. Without a doubt. 
And here's the proof. This is anecdotal, but it seems anyone can has this experience. Go anyone who's played driveway basketball with an uncle at some point. They, they can be way smaller than you, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, where did like you can't move I, them? You yeah, can't. Yeah. They're immovable. They'll yeah. back you. you know, there's no point. They know they're not taking it off the dribble. They just back you down by slamming their butt and their back into you. And they're strong, That's but true. the top of the pyramid yeah. is farm strong. With yeah, Derek, Derek. I feel like you probably have all three levels of this strength right now. <laughs> well, right no, now. I, I don't. I don't go to the gym, so it's just pure dad stress strength, and then just country strength, man. Like my, my so my partner, I grew up with. I remember we were moving, and uh, my mom had this deep freezer full of food, and it was on the back of this U-Haul. And this dude probably, no lie, he's probably at the time we were younger, man, he might have weighed two hundred pounds tops. No lie. This Joker picks up the deep freezer off the back of the U-Haul <laughs> and just lays it on the ground like it was a like it was a a, a chair in a corner. And I'm just like, dog, like it's it's, <laughs> like, it's just something about growing up in the country. I don't know what it is, but it just it just makes people's I, physique crazy. It, I had <laughs> I had a, a gym teacher and I, and he was also the baseball coach. He was a, so he grew up out in the country. He was a dad, but he's also a former major league baseball player. <laughs> OK, oh, and, and he was older at the time and we were in gym class and two football players who were like best friends were getting into it. Uh, I can't even remember what caused it, but they got into like a fist fight right in the middle of the gym class. He walked over. And at this time, this man is is into his 60s. OK, he walks over and these are two high school football players. He grabs them by the back of their necks, picks them off the ground <laughs> and just sets them apart from each other like Thanos. OK, <laughs> I went to the, I, I I had I ended up in the principal's office later that afternoon too for something unrelated to that incident. But those two guys were sitting in there, and they both had, they both had like little nicks on their face from you know uh, their little scuffle. And I was like, man, you guys all right? And at this point, they're friends again. You know how stupid fights like that are when you're a teenager. And he was like, man, are you guys all right? They're like, yeah, everything's fine, but both of our necks are freaking killing us. Like he Bro. nearly broke his neck, our necks, with just his finger strength. That's Bro. That's if what we happens. were in a tag team wrestling match and I had to pick a partner and it was eight, 19, 20 year old, you know, kid that plays football or it's, you know, 45 year old ex welder from uh, Pulaski, <laughs> yeah. Tennessee. I want yeah. the ex welder, bro. I'm <laughs> yeah. no lie. That dude is going to put in work. You're going to hit him. And he's going to look at you and eat all of it. Like, yeah, it's, like, it's, <laughs> it's like when you see pictures of like Charles Atlas during the day and you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I guess he's in good shape. Like <laughs> he certainly doesn't look like the strongest human ever to live. Like, uh, <laughs> but you know that he's got that old school, you know, far, farm strength that, you know, when America's like an agrarian society and when it came to, when it came to like settling disputes, you didn't go to court. You threw up your dukes, but you fought under <laughs> hand like this like old timey boxing you you settle things the old fashioned way with an old timey boxing match you know that's it all that because Derek Derek is wearing a tank top and (laughs) we got to the bottom of it we made it we figured it out strong growing up in the church helps too because you got all the set up and tear down like a youth group you got all the folding chairs you got to carry at once and you kind of want to impress that cute girl so you want to get like 
10 chairs, you know, like, you wanna, <laughs> do, you guys, like do you guys remember, do you guys remember on ESPN two back in the day, just on a Saturday afternoon, they have the world's strongest man competitions. Yeah, of course. It's just these, Dude, like, during, during the pandemic, that's all they played. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, like still these, doing it. it's like these weird Nordic guys named like, you know, Franz Eldrick and stuff. And, and they just like, and, the, like and, and all they do is lift giant stone balls and just walk with them. The church equivalent of that is how many folding chairs you can get. <laughs> <laughs> under each arm and i've seen elders okay and i mean i mean like figure like title elder but they're also elderly in right. three-piece suits on a hot summer day tearing down after a combined service and they are <laughs> shaking under the weight but their arms are fully extended they got 15 fold-up chairs on each arm and they're not going to show you weakness yeah, they are no. sending a message i'm an elder for a reason <laughs> it was a flex though whoever could carry the most chairs it was quite like, literally quite literally your fingers too. You know you're going to get your pink fingers all pinched. Oh, in it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you look down your nose at the person who's got like two chairs. Like, <laughs> yeah. what are you even yeah. doing for the, the two, Lord? Yeah. The two worst <laughs> pains. What are you doing for the Lord? <laughs> two of the worst pains you can feel. I've I've experienced it. One in the church, which is carrying the chairs and your fingers getting jammed in those that <laughs> yeah. cold metal. The two is when I yeah. took a youth group kid razor scooter back in the day, and for some reason thought I could do like a like spin it under my legs when that. Razor scooter hits your shin. There is no pain on earth like that. <laughs> it is metal oh, to shin immediately bone. well up with water. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll move the show along. It is time for. It's the hottest. The Time for the hot list. Our look at uh, what's happening this week at the intersection of faith and culture. Welcome to the show, our senior editor Tyler Huckabee. Hey, man. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Hey, hey, so how many cha- how many folding chairs could you carry in youth group? I was the master. <laughs> it's not just brute strength. I mean, you need to be strong, but it's not just brute strength. You gotta. You, there's, there's also if you can if you can stack them just right, you don't get the fingers between. Them. You, know, you know who's you laughing at that? You know who's laughing at that? Some guy named Brother Stevens, who's like in his seventies <laughs> right now, listening at some old Baptist church. <laughs> oh, this kid thinks he can be. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> That's fine. All right. So what's going on this week, uh, Tyler? Well, there's one. There's one big headline, and I know we we, we all knew this was coming, so we got to talk. It's a about big headline in our world, not in a big the actual world. It's a big headline in our world, but it did trend. He, he was the number one trending topic on Monday, uh, and of course, I'm referring to our friend. Jerry Falwell Jr., who uh, is the president of Liberty University, the largest Christian university in the country, if not the world, and who has a habit of when he appears on this show, it's usually not for something good. Uh, (laughs) It's not that I'm opposed to writing good stories about about Mm. Mr. Falwell. He just doesn't really offer them up very often. We're just waiting for uh, him to do something good. (laughs) I think I talked to to both Derek and Jesse and, of course, Cameron about this separately because this is such a weird thing. I'm sure most people are probably aware of the broad strokes, but we'll we'll try to get into uh, what we do know. And it's a little bit of a visual slice, but late Sunday. Just just remember that Jamie's son is listening. So keep it safe for the little I already told him all about this. We talked about this last night. So you had the talk. 
I had to talk about Jerry Falwell last night with my son. Scary Jerry was not worried about Jamie's son when he took this picture. So, no, we about to go there, right? My retinas have been burned by this photo. All right, go ahead. I wasn't even sure if it was right to like post it on the site. I was like, can we, kids, come to this website? I don't know if we can do that. It's there. I did do it. Journalistic diligence. So, late Sunday, a bizarre vacation photo from Mr. Fall was posted and then deleted. It was captured by Robert Downen of the Houston Chronicle, which featured the president of the country's largest Christian university with his pants unzipped, his shirt hiked up, standing next to a woman identified only as a friend. Uh, it is well, on you this should is mention, too, her shirt is up and her pants are undone as well. That That is true. And I, I feel, well, we'll get into the rest of this. Oh, but I don't yes, mean to like is, bash her. I'm just saying no, to no, get no. the whole picture. <laughs> But that, everybody but that has their pants I hope undone. His arm is crystallized this this uh this image for you. He is uh, Falwell is holding a glass of something that he identifies in the caption as black water. Um, of course, who has what he calls it? Who hasn't enjoyed uh, a nice <laughs> cold glass of black water on the rocks here and there? Hey, I'm gonna just, keep I'm gonna keep it gangster, bro. That gotta be some rich white people stuff. If it's black water, <laughs> they don't have, if, if the water is black and flint, don't drink it. I'm <laughs> going to Jerry Falwell's out there living so, in 2025. With, with way, black. Yeah, okay. It sounds uh, like a Tom Hatherford liquor, like snake juice and black water. You know? <laughs> and isn't that peak Southern Baptist energy? To post a photo like this and be most concerned about whether or not people think you're drinking like yeah. right. that feels like just like enormous evangelical vibes um, oh yeah the photo sent off a fresh wave of criticism for the oft criticized influential evangelical he was dinged as a disgrace on social media um and uh and of course it, it would be worth uh, we would be remiss not to note here that uh as pointed out by a number of alumni and current photo of liberty policies uh kind of an incredible number of liberty rules were broken in a single instagram post uh we're talking about rules against drinking and tobacco use of which there was a lot of in a video because there, there was there was additionally a video right that went around that aside from this photo the video showed more people in this yacht that he was part of and there was tobacco and liquor and uh, yeah so and black water yeah. no and, they, uh, and listen, you can listen this is christians man they are on this yacht party, pants unzipped with black water, man. It's rich white people stuff, man. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Keep going. I'm sorry, Taylor. Nothing to see here. Keep going, Tyler. I'm sorry. Um, I think one student put it like this on Twitter. Uh, she said, uh, if you place Jerry in a vacuum, I don't give a whole hoot what he does with his free time, but policies backed by Jerry, signed off by Jerry, reflected on by Jerry, are hurting real young people while Jerry gets to claim religious political persecution on a yacht and breaking and breaking it down which we do on our site and uh on our instagram uh, page there is the rules violation so uh, for if a student or faculty member is caught in a location with alcohol or tobacco it's a 300 dollars fine 30 hours of community service and possible expulsion from the school if you're oh. caught in any state of and that's undress any age any you, age you can whether you're linking whether whether you're <clears throat> drinking age or not the, the fine stands the same and this is for faculty as well and if mm -hmm. you're caught in any stage of undress with a member of the opposite sex which in this photo they are it's a hundred and fifty dollar fine and 15 hours of community service and, and like we break down like all the liberty and we show the liberty handbook that 
that spells out all of these rules that this one photo, this one yacht party violated and, and, and including being in a location where alcohol is even being served is a violation but where a Blackwater is not in the book. <laughs> and I read it very carefully. So, and so that was the thing that was just like, like the, the lack of judgment and yeah. posting this photo. And this is not a photo that like got leaked. Everybody. I want you to be clear. He posted it on his face or in his Instagram account. It was and- a drunk post. My man had, a, that man was lit. He said, yo, get a load of this. <laughs> Let that mug fly. How and long was the post live? We really don't know. Okay. Uh, it was it, deleted it, it, after a screenshot was captured by this uh, the faith reporter, reporter at the Chronicle. Yeah. Robert no, no, Downing, no, 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 no. The reporter. person who's who got the screenshot actually commented on our Instagram and said, how is my photo showing up everywhere? He screenshotted it when the photo had 17 likes and he mm-hmm. put it in a group chat, he said. And then people in his group chat started sharing it oh, and see, it got to the faith reporter that. and all that stuff. The kids on our Instagram comments. So, yeah, I mean, the kid wow. who screenshotted it. Yeah. And there's been and uh, it has been confirmed at first. There was some speculation. One member of the Falkirk Center, which is the conservative think tank that <laughs> Falwell started with Charlie Kirk, who's the founder. I love of, that they uh, named it after uh, themselves. Like they just made like what should we call our conservative think thing? I don't know. Like what, what's something that really speaks to the values that we want to talk to? We, it's a think tank about good American Christian values. I know a portmanteau of both of our names, fall Corp. You know what I mean? Like it, how, the, how humble. And also, by the way, not to digress, but I, I've noted this several times and I've said it on this podcast and it, you know, and Tyler, I know we've covered it on the site, both the Falkirk Institute and Jerry Falwell Jr have with some regularity tweeted uh you know controversial at times inflammatory quotes about uh social issues and attributed them to people who never said them it's like immigration is something that needs to be looked at and we need to build the wall benjamin franklin (laughs) (laughs) i don't think he said that man And you were on that beat pretty hard back in the back in the reporting days, Jesse. I assume to recall that you caught you caught the Falkirk Center a number of uh, inflammatory. Yeah, and I also and, and I also gave them statements. an opportunity, as I did Liberty, to comment or correct or just take down the false tweets, which they uh, just you know chose not to respond. Which in this case seems to be somewhat of their strategy. Let's just do something weird and objectionable, and then just not. And just not acknowledge yeah. that it happened. And that's there, the thing too. There's like been no statement here. Yeah, we it, there's been no statement. And and Tyler, you have reached out for comment a number of yes, times this week, and and it's just been. It was, oh, they just have not said a thing about it. No, nah. not, it was deleted. Wow. With nothing from Liberty. <laughs> it, it, it just the thing is, is like he he operates and this obviously isn't the first time. I mean, there's been videos and photos of him partying at nightclubs on South beach and different things like that, that also are in violation and just an what? odd look. Yeah. Yeah. Live nightclub. where like the heat went to party their championship. Like he was at club. Live? Yeah, man. <laughs> and so like, yeah, and like, it's, out there, what did he have a gold chain and gold teeth? Oh, was he smoking a blood? Man, went, my man, I hear Rick Ross and Lil Wayne. I hear like, crazy. Well, that happened like a year or so ago and he denied be, ever being there. And then like, somebody from the nightclub, you know, they take photos at nightclubs. So yes. they just went through the night and they found the crowd shots and then released them and pointed out All the Falwells 
like and doesn't on he camera. always say like it was photoshopped or something? Like he he'll claim it was photoshopped. It was photoshopped. Jerry, to this day. Jerry, yeah. listen, listen. I, this is a public service announcement to Jerry. Listen, bro. I'm a rapper, bro. Let's get your rap career popping, bro. <laughs> My man is at Club Live getting bottle service with bottle girls. Go bottles with the sparklers. Take me with you, bro. We can go out here. We can live it up. I'm going to get your album. We're going to name that mug. Do as I uh, say, not as, <laughs> not I, do. as I do. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be a fire album. Let's go, bro. 808s for days. And I think hey, but that, in all seriousness, how does this? How will this university keep continuing to draw students there when this is man. the when this is what's happening with their Free president? Free tickets to club live. What are you talking about? <laughs> right? If it, if it look, if he could spin this, bro. Like, listen, if you sign up for Liberty University, I'm giving everybody gold bottles with sparklers. Period. So, and we so all go take a trip to Miami. The comments uh, that have happened this week to answer your question, Jamie, that we've seen on our Instagram conversation, Facebook conversations, there's a lot of former students and current students uh, that have, you know, that are obviously affected by things like this. And the, there's two camps that I've observed, and this is just anecdotal, but I've observed there's the camp of I had a great education and experience at Liberty. And what our president is doing is damaging my degree and, and mm -hmm. my ability to, you know, be a proud alumni, alumnus. And so there's people who are trying to separate Falwell as a person from the institution and say, the institution's good. You know, can we acknowledge that? Then there's people much like Trump followers that look at these actions and just go, He's untouchable. He's a man of God. Who cares? Like, who can mm. you like, like quit mm. your criticism and, and like he's ordained to be there. He can do what he wants. I don't care. You know? Well, and like, and so they're scary. defending him and they're defending him. My issue is this. I'm like, look, there's zero things wrong having a drink with a friend on a yacht. Now right. the, the pants unzip thing. Uh, man. All right. I mean, that looks like a, was it as good for you as it was for me moment? But, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to judge. It's a photo. But the issue here is not the fact that what he has done is particularly wrong. It's the level of judgment yeah. for people fighting for social justice. And, oh, they're just some gangsters and, and they have loose morals and blah, blah, blah. It's like, bro, you set a standard that your students, they can't even if they're legal drinking age, they can't drink. They can't be seen with a girl unless, you know, what I'm saying they got on uh pilgrim outfits or whatever like it's like like you set up this this hard line of legalism that you don't live up to like i, I it's like bro listen man if 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 it's not bad and you're out there doing it just lower the bar just say hey guys look i was wrong i was super legalistic we set these rules up this is not necessarily christian rules these were taboo or whatever and we're gonna get rid of these taboos and man live your dog on life man like it's nothing wrong the fact that you have to lie about drinking having a drink with a friend of the opposite sex goes to show you set up a toxic culture for yourself and that's the reason why it's not people aren't downing them because you know he made a mistake they're downing them because bro you being a hypocrite just 
Keep yeah. it real. That's the and, issue. And, and I think too, like, like, so like, even if I was to play like devil's advocate here, you know, it, it appeared like this whole, the picture originated from a party that, you know, it looks like there was another Instagram, uh, store, an IG stories video that was making the rounds that it showed that, you know, it looked like what was happening on the yacht that night were uh, friends and family of Jerry Falwell were having like a part, like a themed party on the show trailer park boys right which is you know know, and and at one point falwell's uh character uh, you know was dressed like julian in the in the show which is a black t-shirt black jeans and he's always carrying around a rum and coke you know other people in at the party were dressed up like characters from the the show trailer park boys so like even it it, it doesn't explain why he has pants unzipped which is another (laughs) element of just not a trailer park boys (laughs) yeah that's the one to my knowledge just on reference, but I will say, I think Derek, you're making the ultimate point here is that like, so even if we were to give him the benefit of the doubt, you know what I mean? And say like, okay, well, he's just having a drink at a party. It's a goofy theme party. Uh, I understand, you know, you're just trying to, you know, play into how goofy these characters are. It's the same thing into a, to an extent of him, you know, trying to make, you know, fun of the governor of Virginia. Yeah. past racism by mm. putting a you know by saying hey i'm gonna i'm gonna show everyone how much i hate the governor by putting his this picture of him you know allegedly of ralph northam in blackface with someone in the kkk uh, uh on, on the mask. cover of on a, a face mask. mask and i you know i'm doing this to showcase what a hypocrite he is it doesn't all that really doesn't matter. It's a profound lack of judgment. And, you know, I saw someone else say, you know, even if the, the, even if the context is some just weird party, like think about how many people in, you know, his part of Virginia, I live in Virginia. I'm familiar with the Lynchburg area. There are a lot of people who live in poverty and, you know, living in a trailer park, isn't necessarily something that I think that a lot of people in, in that part of the country would find to be something that they would like to be made light of by someone who's rich and wealthy on a yacht. You know, there's no other college. I can't think of one other college president that would do something like this, that would demonstrate this lack of basic judgment. It's Uh, frat boy level. Like, it's really some And expect to keep his job. It is. And it's the, like, I'm untouchable level too. Like, it doesn't matter what I put up or what I do. No one can hold me accountable. And I'm thinking here as a parent of a child who is, you know, two years away from going to college, there's no way in, you know, I would not send my kids there. Mm. No, I, I don't yeah. care how good of a school is. I don't like it, it, that attitude of I can do whatever I want and nobody cares. That is not who I want leading my kids. It's hypocritical. Yeah. And even Jesse, if we took the train of thought you were bringing up earlier about, OK, say it's a, it's just a party. And and, you know, yeah, it is Trailer Park Boys. I've seen some Trailer Park Boys episodes. It's a very funny, weirdish show. But the idea of this for me, say I'm a student at Liberty and I post that picture. Would that excuse work for me? No way. No, you're out. If they bring me, if they if if I post that picture, I'm talking about not the person with all the social equity, like a a, a, a sports player that we want. I'm talking about the person. No one knows. It's just random. This random picture popped up and you could kick me out for no reason. Whatever. Would that stand up 
in front of the 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 people there and the answer we all know it's no no so i'm like like that's the that's the hypocritical part about it it's like man like either either man come back to earth and get off of your your hypocritical horse and, and let people live their lives or just keep living this lie or keep living this. I'm not going to say he's living a lie. I don't know the guy, but you know, like that's why I'm saying that's the reason why people are upset because it's, it's the, it's a prime level of hypocrisy for sure. Can I, I want to ask, I want to veer this. <clears throat> so what is, you know, obviously there's a big cancel culture movement right now. I mean, you can see it happening with Ellen right now and you know, it, it just go down the list. And some of the people in our comments were kind of bristling about that. Like, oh, okay, so we have to cancel Liberty now. Okay, we have to cancel Jerry. That's what you're saying. What are y'all's thoughts on how do we hold Christian leaders accountable, like to a standard that, you know, they set without it just being mob mentality, cancel culture, though? You know what I mean? I I think I'll answer that because I just said I wouldn't send my kids there. So that feels like cancel culture for sure. But here's what bothers no, me. That's about an this individual whole... decision. You're not going out true. there and telling everybody. That's true. Can't, you know, but Liberty University is marked off the list in my mind. Um, it wasn't on the list, but whatever. Uh, I think one of the things that I see here is the problem with Jerry. What, what's going on here is this is not the first thing we're seeing. So it's not like, oh, my gosh, you made a mistake. And now we're just done with you. But we've seen lots of mistakes happen in the past, like even just six months with him. And just when you guys told me there's been no explanation for this or no conversation about this. So that means there's no like, oh my gosh, I did something wrong. I'm sorry, man, I represent this university and this is not the way I want to represent a university. None of that's been said. And so I think that we, I think he needs to be held accountable. Like he's the president of the largest Christian university in the country, maybe the world. There has to be accountability there. And I don't know why there's not a board of trustees holding him accountable. Because the money. I mean, that's it. It's the most successful Christian university and it continues to thrive. And a board of trustees is not going to remove something that's going well. Which is my question of, is it going to continue to thrive? We saw the athletes leave earlier in the year when they're like, Hey, we're not going to be a part of this. But this like, like Jesse pointed out and stuff like this has been going on for years. Maybe not this like yacht party thing, but like this has been going on for years and yeah, it's continuing to thrive. But let's keep it gangster. Let's let's keep it real. Matthew seven, one through three, judge not that you not be judged. Here's verse two. So everybody uses that one. Everybody forgets verse two for the judgment you pronounce will be judged and the measure you use it will be measured to you. And that's what's happening here. Now it'd be different if Jerry Mm. was just the most gracious guy Mm. when people make mistakes or he's Mm. like, yo, he's so empathetic. And it's like, ah, you don't, it's like, yeah, that's when it's like, all right, y'all are, y'all are tripping on this cancel culture thing. This is not cancel culture as much as it is reaping what you sow. It's like this guy Anybody that doesn't line up with his views that has a level of platform, he has zero problem with tearing them down and whole groups of people that don't think like him. He has zero problems with that. So the problem when you do that is when it's your turn, there's no mercy. And that's I I think that's kind of what you're seeing. I'll be honest this week when we were covering it, you know, Tyler's been covering our actual reporting on the site and other social media platforms, but then I've been posting this stuff on Instagram. So I've been seeing that conversation more closely. And I got, I'll tell, I'll be honest with you. I got emails this week from people uh, to me saying, 
how dare you criticize Jerry Falwell when last fall you were criticized for your mm. actions? Like, mm. how dare you hold somebody else or publicly blah, blah, blah. And I've been thinking about that. Cause like, I'm like, my response was number one, I didn't know that I caused that hurt. I addressed the hurt. I wanted to get better. So I went on sabbatical. I wanted relevant mm-hmm. to be better. Like we addressed mm-hmm. it substantively. I appointed accountability over me to, you know, like everything I could do to grow from the experience I did. And to me, that's where I'm seeing the, the opposite reaction from some leaders. We're like, this is problematic. And then they just try to sweep it under the rug. Like I'm untouchable. And that's like, and so to me, like I even asked some of the staff, like, do we, do I have a right? Do we have a right to actually even talk about Jerry? <laughs> like, like, is this person who just emailed me correct? And some of the staff like said, no, 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 this is different. I don't know. I've just, just been on my mind. Of course, of course you do. If anyone has a, like, just because you make a mistake, doesn't give people doesn't take away your voice and i don't don't know why we live in this world that makes us think that if you find out tomorrow that you know jamie did something awful and she's repented and apologized and said she's sorry yeah it's like nothing what like why would it's like okay well you made one mistake you've lived your whole life you made one very very bad mistake and whether you get help or not, you're you're disqualified from ever commenting on anything ever again. If you can show me a scripture that backs that up for the Christians, I'll eat my words for sure. I'll put it on a piece of paper and eat it myself. But I don't think that's how things work because all of us are going to make mistakes. The issue is not the mistake, even if it's not really an actual mistake or the optics. The issue is the repentance that goes along with it. Are you sorry? Like, that, that's yeah. the that's issue. exactly and right. Can, yeah. And, and unfortunately for public figures, you have to do that publicly. Yeah, for yeah. sure. You're a public yeah. figure. And two, like, I think there's a proportionality that that people need to keep in mind, too. When, you know, when we talk about cancel culture, because part of me is like, dude, you know, not to when 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 there are powerful people that have done bad things that that and and we saw this in the Me Too movement. You know, that got mm-hmm. away with it for a long time, and it's mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. effing sorry time mm-hmm. that Jamie, they're, t- tell your kid to mute <laughs> <laughs> that, that they should be held accountable for 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 you know abusing their power yeah. and, and and destroying lives. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, you know, there's a difference between that and then someone you know making some dumb joke on Twitter that you know was probably offensive and they shouldn't say, but they correct themselves. Or so I think proportionality kind of needs to play into it. Uh, I think there there is a degree of grace that needs to come when someone acknowledges that they messed up and wants to try to make it right. But two, you know, the thing with with this particular incident is like, it's funny, right? I mean, like, <laughs> listen, this is, you know, this is a victimless you know, action like, you know, I, I Liberty students might feel like they're victimized because they're held to a different standard than the president. But this isn't a case where he's out there destroying people's lives. You For know sure. what I mean? And For so sure. so I do think it's, it's I, so, worthy so, to talk so about. So what's because, the goal then of even us talking about it? Is it that we want him to like what Derek was saying? Just say, hey, listen, I, you know, maybe I'm trying to hold our faculty and students up to a standard that I don't. So maybe we need to just all relax a little bit or 
are we trying to say like Jerry, hold yourself to your own standard yeah. or well, like what well, my thing is like, yes, it's funny and it's weird and whatever, but it's almost like, what do we want to see the positive outcome be here? You yeah. know, is it like we just want an apology from them or do we want change well, well, or what? Yeah. Do we, what do, well, I, I think in this case in particular, I think, you know, uh, Jamie kind of nailed hit the nail on the head in that he's a public figure and that makes this newsworthy, whether mm. he likes that or not. And whether he listen, it's not this isn't some foreign concept that, you know, people with, uh, you know, greater resources and a, and a bigger platform are held to higher standard. It's a biblical concept. Too much is given. Much is required. OK, like that, that that. That is something he he if he didn't want to be president of a university and he wants to go party on yachts all the time, that's cool. And no one would probably even care. You <laughs> know what I mean? He gets to do both. If, if so he why was, would he get on pick? He gets to do both. He yeah, to, yeah. But but what I'm saying is like if there's like another uh, I, I think he has siblings. If there's like another uh Falwell family member who is out partying on a yacht and takes a goofy picture at a costume party that's a little raunchy, you know who cares? Nobody. Nobody. Because he they, that person didn't put themselves in a position to be the moral authority over other Christians. You know, well, the, young yeah, Christians. Yeah. And that's And that's where it's like, okay, that's where this is a problem. That's why we need to talk about it. And in terms of determining a course of correction, that's not our job. That's Liberty's job. Our job is to get them to at least acknowledge it. And if they're refusing to even acknowledge it, then that be then that is now part of the story. You know what I mean? You know what? And that part, not to make this about us, but like that part does actually relate to what what we experienced last fall is like it was brought to our attention and relevant had to respond, you know, that, that there's a, that there's to. A, a toxic environment there, poor leadership there and relevant had to deal with it. And guess what we did. Right. And, and I ain't going to even lie. I'm just trying to get these jokes off, bro. Like, <laughs> I, look, look, I, at the end of the day, man, this man is grown, you know? So at the, he go do it. He go, he go do what he go do. I just think it's crazy, hypocritical and funny. Yeah. So it's like, I'm trying to get these jokes off. Listen, man, people do what they want. So I think I think know, he needs hey. a social media manager because this, this also was posted. <laughs> sure. Y'all can't see yeah. it, but this yeah. also was posted in his fun yeah. family pics weekend. Yeah, what, what is, it's an accidental selfie from below. Why is he posting this on his Instagram? <laughs> hey, 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 look, <laughs> and, and, and we got a marketing team at Reflection Music Group. So you can add, you can add producer, rapper, entrepreneur, social media manager to, the, help, to my intro. One other thing, too, that makes this like funny and newsworthy is that this is a cell phone like this isn't like, OK, for like him at the nightclub. Yeah, yeah, that was it, okay. So, right. so, so like as someone taking pictures of Jerry Falwell and his family at a Miami nightclub, I don't really care. You know what I mean? Like, yes, it, look, he's a grown man. He, that's his own time. If he wants to go to a nightclub, do it. I don't really care. Like the fact that he denied it was him and suggested it was Photoshop, that made it newsworthy. <laughs> yeah. As if we're like, all dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But, but but this is the, the, the point of him saying, being so, feeling like he is so untouchable that he can post these pictures himself on his own Instagram profile. <laughs> that's the other element. It's like, dude, what are you trying? What is the point of this yeah. here? He was yeah. lit, man. Let 
can't bear live. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the face was a little puffy. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you were lit. Like, I, I know a drunk face. That was a, that's a drunk Listen, face. I don't, I'm not going to judge. And, and the other thing is, I don't care. You know what I mean? Facts. Like, like, like I said, he's he's a he's a grown man, and and I, to my knowledge, I don't know if he's under you know the, the Liberty Honor Code. But what but what makes this is something that we have to care about is that he seems to be like flaunting a lifestyle that he actively Mm -hmm. profits from disparaging right i mean if he wasn't lining his his pockets with money from parents who send their kids to a school because they think that the administration of that school will deter their students from living a certain type of lifestyle my thoughts on that lifestyle don't really matter because he's showing I'm willing to take the money, but I'm also going to show that I don't really care about Come those on, moral man. standards. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to go out on a limb here. And this is, I mean, y'all can let Jerry know this. Jerry, I mean, with what I've seen with the, you know, the the club live and like the yacht party and uh, bro, I'm willing <laughs> and, and you need social media marketing. Bro, I'll sign you to a one album deal to reflect your music. Please do. And we'll get you. We'll get your marketing together, bro. We will get your album, bro. Look at this. I got them. Look, I'll even write your lyrics for you, bro. All you gotta do (laughs) is just, just you know, cut me one of them. Cut me one of them checks. On them Liberty checks, I got you, baby. I'm watching. I know out, we've got you know Liberty saying? faculty and staff who listen to the podcast. Oh, for I know sure. for a fact. So this this can easily you you heard Derek. Look, Jerry, so you, I, you bro, all run I, from there. I got you, bro. I'm listening, man. I, I'm gonna have you the coldest coldest rapper on ever, bro. They gonna be like Jerry got bars. Trust me, man. Come on, mess with your boy. When Derek says that he's just into this story for the jokes, let me just tell the listener this: we have a group chat. With all of us, right? <laughs> Derek hasn't brought those jokes to the group chat. Those are one-on-one jokes. Like he's called, he's contacting each of us individually because this is not safe. He doesn't know how it's going to play with Jamie, so he's just hitting us all up individually. I'm here, guys. I'm here for the jokes. <laughs> Y'all, I, I'm sorry. I am in a rabbit hole, Tyler. With yeah, no, no, no. Mr. Falwell's no, Instagram. Yeah, That's a yeah. slippery slope. We lost her. Oh, I'm out. <laughs> Editorially, I do want to say with regards to, to I got a lot of thoughts on cancel culture, and I can't speak for the for the culture at large, obviously. But I can say if 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 Falwell or Liberty issues a statement, uh, apologies, apologizes, asks for grace and forgiveness, we will be the first to run it. Like That's I right. am not. It is not my goal We're not to just for anybody. Bad news. Yeah. About anybody. I have. Yeah. I got no skin in the game. I didn't go to Liberty. I, I'm not. They're they're not my enemies. So if they, I want people to like do well and be happy. I, I right. want for the biggest Christian university in the country to be a cool place for people to go and, and actualize their relationship with God in new and exciting ways. And, uh, and if Liberty wants to, to take me up on the request for comment, then, then you know, I would love to see it. We, we, we will absolutely run it. That's absolutely um, right. Not trying to get them canceled. The tough, the tough thing, I mean, we've seen it firsthand is, you know, there's certain media that isn't, uh, <laughs> as fair minded as what you're talking about, Tyler, where they want, sure. they want the sure. salacious headline and they give one side of the story the attention and they don't give equal attention to the other perspective and they move on, you know, and like, but what you're saying is absolutely right. That's our commitment to any story. We're going to try and tell the full story. And if something's yeah. problematic, we want you to be able to address it. And if you don't want to address it and just leave it out there, then we're going to leave it out there. So I'm going to get yeah. these jokes off. 
One on one. One on one. That's the other thing. That's the other thing. I'm not. I, I have complicated and nuanced feelings about cancel culture. I have very uncomplicated fi- uh, feelings about hilarious pictures on the internet. So, <laughs> yes. When, when they happen to be a Venn diagram, there's a point of intersection. It just happens. But my love for hilarious pictures on the internet outweighs uh, the other <laughs> I kind of wanted to do an oral history of this photo, like breaking down all the elements of it and you know like yeah uh, jamie the look on your face right now i can't tell is is i just found another photo guys (laughs) just another photo of him holding two cheerleaders on his shoulders okay here we go yeah yeah, i'm out i think we i think we covered that one too if you want if you want to really lose your day go to his account profile and click on who he's following he's following 154 people that's a fun little scan to see somebody hey look and i you know i don't know Following Derek Minor. Nah, but listen, <laughs> I'm trying to tell him I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get him turned up all the way. But somebody said he got he following people on with OnlyFans accounts. Hey, so listen, like, I don't know his if that's first single, Derek, is Dark Water. <laughs> I, took, I took a sip of that dark water. I took a sip of that dark water. Ooh, I took a sip of that dark water. It heavy lit. It heavy lit. Ooh, hey, that's going down. Let's I, go. I get some of that right. Better put my name on that as a writer. There you go. John, we gonna feature you on it, Jamie. You gonna come in? Hey, you gonna come in and pop your lipstick? Oh, Jamie. Do you know that? Do you know that? Not, nothing would make me happier. If somehow, like, he got a hold of this recording and was like, that's the only way to spin this is to make it in on the joke. And he calls you up. He's like, let's do that dark water. That, I'm that, with that, it. That, that is fire. Give I'm me that dark you. water fire. Hey, you, shoot up, the, you shoot the video like one of those Puff Daddy Hype Williams, like, yes. yacht, you know, <laughs> yacht videos back in the nah, day. No, we shoot it at Club Live, dog. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tyler, what else we got going on this week? Uh, that, that was probably the, probably the longest conversation we'll have of all. Of these, I would imagine, but we'll see. You never know. It, you know, it's Wednesday. We're we, we're in pandemic season. We don't have a lot going on. I do want to talk about this. Was a, an interesting move, and I want to see how you all feel about this. You, you may have seen some of this news when it came up on Tuesday, but Disney announced on a call to shareholders that its big, its, its temple of the summer, the movie that was going to carry them through the summer, Mulan, the live action remake of Mulan, is going to be released on Disney Plus. Instead of going into theaters, it'll be on Disney Plus for $30 here mm. in the U.S., Disney oh. Plus subscribers, no and it will not be released oh. at least at least immediately. It will not be released to any other places. So mm. you'll have to have a Disney Plus account, and you'll $30 have thirty dollars. You get it forever. For it. It's a rental. It's a rental. It's a rental. Oh, yeah, that is a rental. Like they, going to the theater. Yeah. They, it's like going they, to the theaters for your whole household and anybody who else who comes over. You'll watch it for thirty bucks. So like like trolls came out and some other big ones came out and they did that rental thing, but they rented it everywhere. It was on Apple TV. It was on uh, Amazon Prime. It was it was everywhere. And it was instead of the theaters, and you had to pay. I think it was like ten bucks or something like that, and you could rent trolls. And because uh, we did, my kid wanted to see it. And, and, and this is so bizarre to me. If they're trying to make the most money possible, that they're not doing that. They're not charging $30 to rent it everywhere. It's you have to be a Disney Plus subscriber to even be able to give them $30. Mm-hmm. That makes no sense to me Mm-mm. from a business perspective, you know? Yeah. And then where they come up with $30 from? I get it. Maybe a parent, and a couple of kids are going to watch it, but like, 
That just seems crazy. Like, That's why would you discount it? I'm not gonna pay. Mm-mm. I'm not gonna pay thirty dollars for it because I'm. It's just. It's just me, and my wife, and the dog in this house. But if you've got a couple of kids who want to watch it, then thirty bucks is a is a pretty yeah, is a okay, lot but, cheaper day than the movie theater. But so than let's you're used say to. if I'm trying to make the most money possible, I'll charge thirty dollars on Amazon, on Apple, everywhere else. But if you're a Disney Plus subscriber, you can get it for yes. twelve. You know what I mean? So then I'm going to go, oh, I'll come over and become a customer every month. I'll give you money. Right. I mean, why would they do this? This is so strange Mm -hmm. to me. And, and it's like tucked into the news that like last week, uh, the, the movie industry had kind of a, a big deal between one of the major chains and one of the major studios. Right, Tyler? That's right. Yeah. They announced that at least uh, in the coming future, a couple of studios are going to be shortening their release window between the time a movie comes to theaters and is released on demand and uh, and for purchase to two weeks to 15 days. So that which is oh, a which wow. is a huge. So you're basically paying for a short privilege of seeing it on the big screen first ahead of time, which leads to some speculation that the movie theater maybe moving forward is going to be more of a boutique experience, you know, that it's not going to be it's. There might be some movies like Tenet, which was obviously shot by Christopher Nolan for the express purpose of being seen in this big uh, uh, theater type environment. But for a lot of movies that you don't necessarily need that sort of experience, you'll have that option. Um, And at least until we know more about what the movie theater industry is going to look like in 2021, that's a real possibility that we may not experience movie theaters in the same way ever again that we used to. Hold up. Hold up. Don't think I forgot. Jamie? <laughs> y'all know I told y'all last week my son got a job at the movie theater. Yeah, that's right. right? Yeah, yeah. So tickets are five bucks each. So it's a lot cheaper. Uh, Wait, is he like at a dollar theater? Is he like. No, it's a regular theater, but they're, remember, they're only showing old movies. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, so there's no it's new like movies. Toy Story 2 or something. So, guys, don't be mad at me. And, and if you send emails, send them to Cameron at Relevant Something. I get but I, get um, I went and saw two movies this weekend. I had hey, a mask on the, uh, the oh, whole yeah, time. Okay. How'd you eat popcorn? Okay, so when I was eating popcorn, I took my mask off. <gasps> hey, Jamie, I don't judge. Listen, I don't judge. I didn't cough. I saw Dark Knight and Jurassic World, two movies I've never seen, and I loved them both. You oh, never, whoa, you've whoa, never whoa, seen whoa, Dark Knight? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Wait, is that more surprising whoa, whoa, whoa. that I went to the movie theater? <laughs> Jurassic World, I understand. People miss Jurassic World. You never saw The Dark Knight till last week? I've seen week. pieces of it because it's my son's favorite movie. You know, he wants to be a yeah. filmmaker. Sure. Christopher Nolan's his favorite person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's his favorite movie in the entire world. And so he watches it a lot. I've seen a part of it, but I'd never seen it entire, and I loved it. Fantastic, You've never seen right. Heath Ledger. You never, this, this was your first time. <laughs> no, I've seen like pieces of it. I just haven't seen the whole thing. Yo, she just discovered T.I., so you got to remember that. <laughs> Jamie, if, if your son also wants to discuss the work of Christopher Nolan, particularly Dark Knight, it's a topic... I love uh, he is, deeply. I, I mean, last week was Christopher Nolan's birthday. I don't know if you knew that. Yep. We knew it at our house. Yeah. Because yeah, Caden's in. And I'm sure you... Silence? How did, did you celebrate it in some way? Yeah. Oh, he's, he's alive. <laughs> we just all toasted him. Yeah. He's here. Wait, he died? No, I'm sure they're eagerly awaiting Tenet as well. But yeah, Dark Knight is one of the... You know, I think it's the most important post-9-11 uh, American film since then because it speaks to the moral complexities of dealing with, you know villains that you don't understand their motives you know and and the the willingness to compromise your own morality for what you perceive as the greater good are we I talking about like, jerry falwell again yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it's 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 a it, uh, this boat party got real wild <laughs> okay so besides all that i went to the movie theater they took my temperature mm-hmm. when i came in mm-hmm. and 
Kate and my son said they spray down every seat after it's done, and that's mm. you can't buy tickets so, online. So you have to buy them when you get there. Still, but just a <laughs> well, different kind of moist. Well, before you oh. get there, but you have to buy Yuck. tickets when you get there because they spread them apart. I mean, in one theater, there were three other people in the movie with us, so mm, it's okay. Yeah. Mm. Okay, I, 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 I'm not hey, judging. I, I'm, at I'm all. right there with you because I'm 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 going to theme parks, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah. You're good. Yeah. Half of this half this podcast is in a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'm telling you. I still get a little sketched out going. I, I spent like, I don't know, maybe I spent longer than I ever have in my life at like a Home Depot last weekend. And, but that's not saying a lot. I think the most I ever did was one time it was like 12 minutes just because I couldn't find the right size like bolt for my dad's project or whatever. Uh, but even there, I was like, I feel like we've been in here too long. We got to get, I mean, everyone's masked up and doing their thing. But even then, I was like, I don't know. But all it's to say is like, I think. I don't see how being in a basically empty movie theater that's been sanitized, if you're taking the proper precautions, is any more dangerous than going to the drugstore to pick up a prescription right. or something. It's it's all so so it's all, everything's difficult. To, yeah. I'm not trying to sit in no soggy movie theater chair <laughs> and watch movies from 2012. Like, I'm just but I've never it. seen it. <laughs> Dark Knight on the big screen is probably pretty fun. To watch, yeah, that, to watch Dark Knight on the big screen again is pretty fun. Yeah, one of the, I, would, yeah. I would probably... I would, I would, five bucks is a good deal. I was it? wondering when the moment would be when you guys discovered we're not quite sure why we invited Jamie on this no, podcast. We talk about no. culture and current events. No. This no. might have just no. been it. I've been hiding it from Never. you guys the whole Never. time, but this was it. I love it. I feel. I feel like I'm like corrupting you. Anytime you want to talk Batman, Jamie, yeah. <laughs> I've got you. Got my number. Do you still have that Batman know, we, tattoo? We, Did you get what? it covered up? Do you still have that Batman tattoo? I got a Marvel tattoo, baby. Oh, that's Marvel right. to the Marvel to my bones. That's right. You're not a DC guy. I can't be. I can't just be switching sides just because they have one good superhero in DC. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not one. He's the greatest. Like yeah. that's, that's that's he is the best one. He, he, he is, is the best the good, one. They, look, DC. They, they got it right they, one they time. Got, not what Superman is that dude too. He's just not no. really good on the film on the film side. Yeah. Well, the movies haven't been good, but, yeah, he, but, but I do like Superman. Yeah. Tyler Tyler knows I'm I'm not into the superhero thing at all. The comic book thing. If you have to suspend belief in reality and that person's going to fly or that person has this power, that's just silly to me. The, but the that's why the, the only one I like is the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy like that because it's mm. rooted in like a believable reality that has you know not people flying you know it's like it's like i can wrap my head around it and i like it so i'm with you batman it's a, it's just, right. just just you just don't have any imagination it's just that, but listen man <laughs> Thank you, Derek. I'm just i knew Derek would have my back on yeah, this you Derek, Derek and i have been recommending shows to each other and he recommended a superhero show to me the, the other boys. night and he I was like no you the boys he's it's like good. you yeah, like it because it's like flawed yeah, and whatever good. and i'm like I, I watched it i watched the first episode and i'm texting i was like man i'm trying to like this a lot more than i do because people are still flying like i'm just not i'm just not <laughs> buying it that they I, exist now when i get my jetpack or when i put a superhero serum <laughs> in my body with this country uh-huh. strength and and i become the black superman i want to hear nothing <laughs> first thing i'm doing is, is superhero dropping from the sky with my knee into your living room. <laughs> That's the first thing I'm doing. Oh, yeah, I, I would watch that. I would watch that. All right. What else you got, Tyler? All right. So the last story today, and this is a ter- this is a, a tough one to report on because by the time you all hear this, you'll, you're going to know more about it than than we do. But we, we do want to bring up the the tragedy that took place in Beirut 
on Tuesday. Uh, there was some sort of there's there's still a lot we don't know right now. We're aware of a huge explosion um, that that apparently involved some explosive materials that were being held down by a port uh, that has resulted in and right now confirmed uh, we we have 50 deaths and thousands of thousands of injured, uh, mm. at least 3,000 injured right now for sure. That number is sure to climb by the time that you have all heard this uh, and the videos and, and photos are obviously uh, really, really shocking and coming out of that. Um, over at the at the relevantmagazine.com, put together a list of trusted organizations that already have boots on the ground out there. If you want to get involved, I hope you'll go check that out. Obviously, our friends over at Preemptive Love who have mm. been involved in Lebanon yeah. for a long time, they're already there doing good work. You can find a link to donate to them if you'd like to. Uh, same thing with World Vision. I was in con- talking to somebody at World Vision today. They're out there as well. And, and those are two organizations that we have a long history of working with and, and like them and believe in them. So we will be obviously praying for them. Well, um, and we'll, we hope that you give to, or praying too and give as you're able. And uh, for anybody over there in Lebanon who is who's listening to this, uh, you're obviously in our prayers as well too. Uh, just Tyler, we've, we're, we're recording this on Wednesday and the numbers already doubled to a hundred people, more than a hundred people uh, killed see, and over 4,000, over 4,000 injured. Seriously. Uh, uh, the blast was felt wild. over 150 miles away in Cyprus. I mean, it's like that massive of an uh, wow. explosion. I've been to Beirut with World Vision. Uh, we were there. I, uh, World Vision Lebanon is doing a lot with Syrian refugees because the border, the Bekha Valley is where a lot of Syrian refugees are coming out and camping in and, 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 you know, just a fifth of the population in Beirut is refugee population. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh a huge goodness. refugee population. So I was there a couple of years ago, just like learning about the refugee crisis and stuff. And we were based in Beirut and it's a beautiful cosmopolitan city and it's completely leveled right now. If you've seen the photos, I mean, it's, it's gone. I mean, it's unbelievable, the damage and it's heartbreaking, but uh, yeah, World Vision Lebanon is doing great work there and, and uh, they'd be worth donating to and, and preemptive love. And, and like you said, there's a list of a lot of like local Lebanese relief aid organizations that are at mm-hmm. realmagazine.com. So go check it out and give, give if you can, because it's, I mean, there's a, there's a lo- going to be a long road to rebuild. Uh, that area. So they're also going through a COVID spike uh, right now. So things were already in pretty dire straits. There was already a food shortage down there. The the city's last grain silo did blow up in the explosion. So the the road that they're facing is something that a lot of us in the West probably can't really imagine. I mean, and then think about the tens of thousands and tens of thousands of Syrian refugees that are living in, in tents in the outlying areas around Beirut that are barely clinging to life themselves. I mean, no food, no, they can't, they can't have jobs. They can't have education for their kids and they're just trapped. And now they're trapped in us in an area that's been obliterated. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a widespread uh, disaster. So, yeah. Yeah. And we'll we'll be obviously be continuing to cover that as we do learn more. And and by the time that this podcast comes out, when you head over to the website, we'll have updated information and and more on the organizations and hopefully some, we're trying to get interviews lined up with people who are there on the ground so we can hear more about some of the relief efforts and better, more effective ways for you to get involved strategically with whatever resources you do have. All right. Well, on that note, we'll wrap up the hot list, but I don't want to play the jingle because that's a weird shift of tone. So stay tuned. Up next, Corey Asbury joins us. She just said, is it true? Is it true? Tell me now. Some promise I can't make and I won't let it be. Was I in some kind of mood? I don't know. I don't care. I'm sleeping in my
You're listening to Tame Impala. The song is, Is It True? Well, this week's episode is brought to you by Bombas. Bombas makes the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. They've reimagined every little detail of the socks we wear every day to make them way more comfortable. I wear them every day, actually. I love my Bombas. Uh, They have a variety of styles to choose from. Uh, The material is amazing, and they go beyond the purpose of just keeping your feet cozy. For every pair of socks you purchase, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. The generosity of Bombas customers has allowed them to donate over 34 million pairs of socks and counting through their nationwide network of 3,000 giving partners. To those experiencing homelessness, these socks are a small comfort that make a big difference. Give a pair when you buy a pair and get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com slash relevant. That's B-O-M-B-A-S.com slash relevant for 20% off your first purchase. Bombas.com slash relevant. Well, Corey Asbury is a singer and songwriter and actually a worship pastor at Radiant Church in Michigan. He uh, probably most famously penned uh, the 2018 hit Reckless Love, which if you attended a church that year... You heard. (laughs) Um, He, after that, it was so huge. His life got turned upside down and he actually went away for a year and is only now coming back with a new album. Our very own Tyler Huckabee sat down with Corey to talk about that season away and um, about some of the unique stories behind this new project. Here's our conversation with Corey Asbury. Canyons Because of where many of the songs were written and the the heart space and the head space that they came from, they felt like very sort of introspective, reevaluating, reassessing my life. And even going back to a lot of times myself as a kid, what I experienced as, as a young person, even as a young man, even as a boy. So I wanted the sound to kind of reflect that and even have like an 80s-ish vibe because I was born in 80, excuse me, in 85. Um, so I wanted it to reflect that. So I, I kept using the word nostalgic. I even wanted like horns and stuff and a lot of, uh, you know, these sounds that conjure up real uh, deep emotions. Cause you take good care of me. And then in, in 19, when we kind of let all that go, it felt like I got some space and could really sort of, again, like it was introspective in a way going, okay, where am I failing? Where am I um, weak? Where am I vulnerable? Where am I falling short? Um, and really just kind of be honest with myself first and then go, okay, I'm going to bring this to you, Father, like help me with this. Give me wisdom. Speak it into this area um it was really good in just creating space in my head to to think to um to just ponder life and uh 
kids and joy and, and happiness and depression and uh, you know all these things that we deal with as humans it felt like I had some space to really process and to invite God into and speak into some stuff that I was dealing with and experiencing and it was very helpful <laughs> actually and I believe in There's a song about my dad that's just titled, I'm Sorry, that I have been trying to write for probably seven or eight years. And it has just eluded me. And I think part of it was where we were at with our relationship. My dad and I had a very strained relationship when I was a kid, uh, all the way through you know, my teens and then probably early 20s even really difficult relationship. We didn't, we didn't connect. We're still not close. Um, we're, you know, we're trying to work on that now and, and even communicate toward that end. But I've been trying to write this song. That's basically an apology to my dad for my immaturity, my ignorance, my stupidity, my, you know, you fill in the blank for the way that I was, especially as a teenager, the way that I pushed him away. And, um, just sort of despised his his voice into my life for a number of reasons. But this song was, it was tough to write, I think, just because it's such an emotional thing. It's such a, a deep feeling, you know, it's when it's you and your dad for real, like there's some, there can be some baggage there, there can be some hurt, uh, some wounds. And I think wading through that to say what I wanted to say um, was definitely difficult. And it took forever to write. And I'm very happy with it. And I'm very proud of it because even because of the healing that it's brought between my dad and I, I showed it to him when it was just like a little thing on my acoustic when I finally finished it. And oh, it was it was incredible, man. And he happened to be my mom and dad happened to be in town um, just just right after I finished it. And I remember showing him. And he wept the entire time. I mean, like, <laughs> like you know, he and it, it prompted all these. Yeah, it was incredible. It prompted these conversations um, that brought so much healing just through a song, you know. And it wasn't a song like, you know, Holy Spirit, you're amazing. Or like, Jesus, you're so worthy. It was the song to my dad and about our relationship. And it was incredible the way the Holy Spirit used it, even though it wasn't like a worship song, you know?
That was Corey Asbury. Make sure to check out his new album, To Love a Fool. It's out now. You're listening to Remy Wolf. The song is Hello, Hello, Hello. Hey, that's kind of like your intro, Jesse. There it is. Okay, it's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, I have a story that involves uh, someone most listeners are pretty familiar with, uh, Mr. Elon Musk. Um, you know, he's been in the news a lot lately as Tesla becomes, I think it's right now, the most valuable car brand in the world. Uh, uh, that stock price has propelled him onto the list of the most wealthy individuals on the planet. And uh, he also was in the news this week because of some work with SpaceX, the the his, his rocket uh, company, which is finding new ways not just to send rockets up to the International Space Station and beyond, but also to bring them back down, cutting costs dramatically. Um, but this story... Did you, did you see, like, last week, like, in a day, his his worth, his uh, wealth went up, like, $3 billion. Like, yeah. just in a day. Like, He's, yeah. It's well, crazy. <laughs> well, he he's uh, there. There was a story this week that was, you know, he's also uh, pretty prolific and pretty controversial with Twitter. He likes to see seemingly likes to troll people uh, along with kind of making including his business partners and stockholders at times. <laughs> uh, but this week he he started discussing a, a project that he's working on because they actually listed uh, a couple new job listings that he wants to find people to come work for his company. His one of his other companies called Neuralink. Now, Neuralink is doing like mm. Tesla and and SpaceX is doing something um, really uh, really interesting. Uh, basically, it is there's a lot of tech talk that I'm just going to avoid because if people want to do a deeper dive, they can hear from uh, people who engineers and science experts who are much more articulate and uh, articulate in explaining some of the nuances of the technology, but it's Essentially, he's working on technology that can be inserted into the brain and and manipulate brain activity. And kind of the reason that he came up with this is because there's been a lot of dire warnings about AI technology, artificial intelligence, and how we are coming up soon on... Uh, in a time when artificial intelligence, there's a high likelihood if it keeps up at the pace that it's going now, will be smarter than humans. And so he made the, you know, Elon Musk made the determination the only way that humans can keep up with artificial intelligence is is some is somehow like kind of hacking our own systems using technology. So what Neuralink wants to do is have uh, you know, these kind of fibers and chips that they can plant in people's brains that you know it'll it'll have a lot of different functions for example like uh people who suffer from parkinson's disease you know which which is a, a disease that uh you know originates because of like synapses in the brain uh you know receptors kind of misfiring it, it can assist in, in in neurological disorders uh it can assist people experiencing depression and uh addiction issues potentially uh without the use of drugs it was just simple it, it would essentially kind of allow computer technology to go in and identify areas of the brain that could be optimized.
optimized and, and it'll do that. But it would also allow people, and this is what got the most attention, even though I feel like those other applications are far more beneficial to humanity, but it could insert music directly into your brain. Uh, so essentially this chip, you could, you could connect it to your computer or the mobile device or your Tesla and it, you could listen to music inside your head that no one else would actually hear. And there are actually, uh, the implications are too, that you could hear sounds that are currently imperceivable by the human ear, that your brain, your brain should be able to hear them, but are, there are on frequencies that <clears throat> our human ear, our hardware to interpret sound, which sound is just frequencies uh, that are outside the range of sounds that we can hear. Like, uh, you know, you know, you see this with sometimes with like certain whistles that animals can hear or something that they, they exist on frequencies that the human outside the, the scope of the human ear whales, for example, there's some whales are so low that the, 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 the like wave of the sound is so wide. It can actually be heard by a pot of whales, like a thousand miles away underwater, but it's too low for the human ear to hear. This would this chip would actually bypass the ear entirely and allow you to play music directly in your head, along with some some what I think could be, you know, potentially helpful uh, medical applications. It also sounds pretty terrifying. There are uh, a lot of movies in the 1970s. Why not? Why not? I mean, this stresses me out. Yeah. Why, does it, why does it stress I, you out? I've never seen well, Terminator like, I before. Stre- <laughs> I was stressed out when you were talking about the beginning. And then you said, oh, it could help Parkinson's. Like my grandfather had Parkinson's. So I'm like, oh, that would have been awesome to help him. And then all these other things. And then I'm like, like just listen you can to put music. music in my head. This feels like scary things to 1970s me. 1970s Christian end times movies. This is it right here. That they're going to put chips inside of us. And that's called the Mark of the Beast. So just FYI. Hasn't Elon Kanye Musk, been talking about this too, you guys? Elon Bam, Musk look. is now the Antichrist. I'm just saying. <laughs> 1970s Christian movie out. said Listen, it. Do y'all know how many times my Disney Plus account has been hacked? <laughs> but do y'all know how many times my freaking Apple account has been hacked from somewhere? Do you think I really want somebody to hack my actual brain? <laughs> brain? Oh, that's interesting. Dog, come that's on, dog. Good, it's like, Derek. imagine if I'm just chilling all of a sudden and then I'm just, whoop, and then now you're, you know, some, someone else <laughs> has control of those synapses, make you see things you don't want to see. And, and here's another question Do I really want Elon Musk to be the one doing it? Like, do I want to trust Elon with updates to my brain? Like, I mean, you have to update your Apple software every so often. Am I going to say, Elon, upgrade me, bro? Like, I'm now you I'm know cool. All I'm I've just thought about old brain. All I've thought about is this Mark of the Beast side of it. I didn't think about the hacking side of it because don't you remember like Neither. three, four weeks ago when like Elon, Kanye, all, huge, powerful people had their Twitter accounts all hacked at the exact yes. same time. Yes. It was no. like a college kid or something. It was a seventeen-year-old kid in Florida. Yes. They just got I'm he just got arrested. Out. I'm out. He worked at a movie theater and was just bored because there were only three people going to Dark Knight. Shows. Elon couldn't even keep his Twitter secure. And, yeah. do, and, and but by the way, that kid got paid because. He got paid in Bitcoin, so they're not even going to be able to make him give any of it back, any of that. Like, it's just, <laughs> he's good to go. Like, it's like, yeah, I'll take 10 years. No problem. Give it to me. What like, do you mean he got paid? Because well, the, the whole, whole thing, was, the whole scam was sending me Bitcoin. 
Oh, yes. I, saw, I remember now. Whole, so it, now yeah. it's like Bitcoin is untraceable. So, I mean, he could just be like, hey, no, I'm good. Just go ahead and send me to jail. Like, wow. man, I'm, pay, I'm getting paid. Yeah. Give me my little 10 and, years. And I think all those concerns are legitimate. But I honestly think this is not a matter of if, but when. I really do. I, I feel like we, we use, mm. I mean, if you were to, because here's the thing. If you were to go back in time, like 150 years and explain LASIK eye surgery to right. them, mm-hmm. you, that, that, hey, in the future, we're going to have laser beams you lay on this table 10 minutes away 10 minutes later you know they're going to cut into your retina recalibrate the curvature of your eyeball and you're going to be better in two days they would be like that's insane i would never do that technology i should we should not be shooting lasers with people like and i'm not disparaging lasik but i just think that the rate that technology is not just evolves but technology is accepted it it, it is i I feel feel like it's an inevitability you know you've done think pieces in recent years about the the question about bioethics from a Christian worldview is the question that the church is not addressing at the rate that you're talking about, that technology is progressing and the church is not talking about this. The question of what is life and what is human is something that the church is going to have to grapple with from a theological perspective, because like things like 3D printing, they are 3D printing biomatter now living flesh. So if somebody like was born with a deformity with no ear, they can 3D print an ear and surgically add it to the person, right? And then it'll work, right? This is where medicine is going. And so like, let's say I have a limb amputated or I have an accident or whatever, I can recreate that flesh and it is part of my body. The wiring works, the the nerves work, everything works. And, and it's like, it was created by man, not God. And so the question is going to be like, is it 51%? That's when they're not human anymore? Or like what defines humanity? What defines the soul? And then the question is if, if we have these things that could in time be super human abilities for soldiers or for whatever, like you're right, they may need some sort of like CPU to be it, added to control these new abilities that are now part of my body. I mean, and this is sound science fiction. Superpowers. Dude, yeah. it's science fiction, but it's not science fiction because this is what's happening well, rapidly. And there's going to be flying. Superpowers, Cameron. And functionally, when you look at a lot, you know, because this is a, a technology that would have neurological implications, if you looked at a lot of, you know, drugs that I think are very important, help a tremendous amount of people, like, you know, let's say like an antidepressant that targets serotonin receptor, like they know how that, yeah. that emotion is created chemically in your brain and that right. your serotonin receptors are, or, or, or your the are either not sensitive enough or, you know, they can actually affect the levels of serotonin that can make you feel. And like, I think those are incredible breakthroughs that have tremendously helped humanity. But from just a functional standpoint, I don't know if they're all that different, you know, kind of ethically from me using a digital, uh, uh, you know, a digital form instead of a chemical form to, to kind of, um, you know, correct or enhance or treat, you, you know, I think, think about things addiction, that are happening like within o- the brain. opioid yeah. addiction or something like that. And I'm, I'm addicted because of pain and numbing and things like that. And if you could have an alternative where you could have this thing added to your brain to rewire it so you don't feel the pain, what's, uh, why is that not a positive? But thing? if you can have it to not feel the pain, someone can hack it to make you feel it at an excruciating level that you cannot control. Yeah. Right. Like, so if I take an antidepressant, I can put it in my body. If something bad happens, 
Yo, you don't take I, it. I just got to be like, whoa, I'm off of this. But if you permanently put something in my head that I don't have control over, I mean, I'm not adjusting the serotonin levels or not. It's some automated thing. I'm like, I'm going to sit this out and let the brave white people handle it first. I'm going to let y'all walk in and do y'all thing first. And we'll do like white black people do most of the time. We're like, I ain't going in there. Like, no, nah, look, if, if it worked for 100 years and y'all did, then I'll be like, all right, cool. I might put a little cyborg in my head or something. You know? I mean, this really is, aside from the Mark of the Beast thing or whatever, I mean, this is really a question of, from a Christian theology perspective, of like God's creative intent. Like, is this. Did he give man the ability to come up with these technologies to further enhance and improve life? And so therefore, this is all a good thing. and We should embrace it as Christians. Or are we saying that this is unnatural and against God's perfect order? And so therefore, we should fight it. And that's something the church is actually going to have to wrestle with in the yep. coming years. And they're not even thinking about it right now. Oh, they're going to wrestle with it. This is the mark of the beast. That's how it's going to be wrestled with. It's going to be very unnuanced, just like almost everything. And we're going to be looking well, for a. We need to bring someone really smart on to talk about it. Yeah, we, which yeah. we have over the years, and we, I think we should. I mean, like Dr. Nigel Cameron or other bioethicists that we sh- we should we should we should bring we should people get Tim on. Keller. That's yeah. my Keller. Keller always has great res- perspectives on things like this. Doctor Moore's good at these things too. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, we'll book it. Sounds good. Okay. What do you have, Jamie? Okay. So this is a little different. Also, Jesse, I had that LASIK surgery. Yeah. And they tell you for, for about 10 seconds, you're going to be completely blind. And you are. You, you were laying there on the table and you're blind. It's crazy. How, how no. did, but, but was it effective for you? Yeah, I love it. Best 12 years ago. It's awesome. Yeah. I can't. I can't even put eye drops in my eye. I'm not gonna. That's have how my husband is. I'm like, you could eye. do it. Yeah. No way. Uh, okay, here's my slice today. Um, I saw this woman on Instagram a couple of weeks ago and was really intriguing to me. Her name is Emma Faye Rudkin, and I started doing a little like research about her, and then I started to see that I didn't know this at first, but she is deaf, and she has a whole organization that is geared towards uh, people who are living with hearing loss or deaf. It's called um, Aid the Silent. Well, she puts this Instagram video about how she went in to get groceries, and she couldn't read the person's lips because they had a mask on. And I thought I went out to dinner the other night with some friends. It was really it was kind of loud and I couldn't hear the waitress. Nothing she said I could hear. I couldn't hear her and I don't have hearing loss. And so and I couldn't read her lips. And it reminded me of this girl. And I went back and I did some some checking into her and she has created clear mask. She's a part of this organization. I've seen other people do it as well, but I've just seen her. She's in San Antonio and they've created clear mask because she said in one of her stories, which really got to me, she said, in that moment, I realized I lost my independence that I've been working Mm. on my whole life, where she was with her family and her family had to tell her what the waitress was saying because she couldn't read her lips. Oh, man. And I just thought, man, way to go for her to say, I'm going to help create this to help people who suffer with hearing loss. And, you know, it was only in like the night, I think it was 1990, the American uh, with Disability Act that gave, you can't dis... um, you can't, what's the word I'm looking for? Dis, not disagree, discriminate people because yeah. of disabilities. And so she's created this clear mask and now it's taking off. And I just want everyone to know about it because if you know someone who is deaf or hard of hearing or has hearing loss, this is really important that we let them know about these things. So that, and maybe even we need to start wearing yeah. masks that are clear so mm-hmm. that we are part of mm-hmm. this part mm-hmm. of the help. 
Yeah. Have you seen the people that put two masks on and so their mouths open like puppets? And like, no. and the, so when the, their mouth is closed, it looks like they're wearing a mask. But then when they open their mouth, like the mask is above and, and like on their chin, like it's a, they have one mask covering their nose and one mask uh-huh. covering their, their chin. But that's and, not really helpful like though this. for the virus, is it? No, not at all. That's yeah. the whole point. It's like, they're faking it. They're faking yes, it. Yes, but, but she's saying put a clear mask no, on no, so no. we can help. And she was even saying in the grocery store, like maybe we should have the people who are waitresses or serving the grocery store or whatever to think about the people that might come in there that have hearing loss. And yeah. so I love that story. Yeah, Emma Faye Rutkin's awesome. doing an awesome thing. Absolutely. All right. What do you have, Derek? Um, so I got, I got my guy. Everyone, in, first off, I need y'all to know. Kanye is my favorite artist. Yeah, you told well, us. I, I love that. Jerry Falwell Jr. He's but, but, no, <laughs> Jerry has the potential. We got to get him to be your new breakout oh, artist. We're going to take, him to, we're gonna take yeah. him to the next level. But he he has everything. But Kanye, <laughs> so apparently a uh, a well connected GOP strategist is helping Kanye West get on a ballot in Wisconsin. Uh, the idea is hopefully he can get on the ballot and split votes. Uh, from Biden appeal to some votes from Biden. So I thought this was going to kind of go away. And it seems like, too. seems like yay has been kind of quiet, but I don't know if this, I don't know if this is going away. This is, seems like this may be moving. Like he's actually doing this. I heard, I, I heard <laughs> so too that he announced a running mate and like, he's going to go on the ballot with a running mate. And yeah. it's a lady who runs a Bible study in Cody, Wyoming, where his ranch is. And so, and uh, she's like a spiritual mentor to him, and that, that's oh, okay. his running mate. So, all right. There, so, all there's right. That so too. I take it that Wisconsin is a is like a a notable state in this election. Like it matters. Oh, yeah. That's why they're sending it's him a swing there. State. Yeah, they're yeah. just going to try and siphon just enough in the yeah. in the pivotal battleground states uh, to uh, change the election. That's I, what I thought about it. I said at first, I thought to myself, I'm like, man, Kanye wouldn't do that, but then. Considering his conservative lean now, this could be a Kanye idea of because he's he's extremely smart. This could definitely be something that's like, yo, I'm trying to peel some stuff to get make sure that Donald Trump gets elected because he upholds the same principles that I uphold. So, man, this hmm. is this is wild. If you'd have told me that we were going to be here in 2020 four years ago, my mind would have just, I just thought you was lying. I, I, I think if someone wanted to be like, here, I'm going to show you 2021 picture. It's that <laughs> it's Jerry Falwell with black water and puffy face being like his underwear hanging out. Yeah. And it's like, uh, here we are guys, president of largest Christian university. That's, this is going to be a minor <laughs> blip on your radar in 2020, believe it or not. Also, uh, UConn canceled the, the first, yes. the first major team to cancel the football, yeah, the I football season. So, yeah, this we'll watch is, that. That's sad, man. That's yeah. sad, man. Do you think that's going to be a precedent? Like, it's we're going to see this more. I, I think, I, you know, I think d- delaying it to maybe the spring it might be something because I've, I've heard like just uh, watching Last Chance U on Netflix. Uh, they follow JUCO schools, and the next season for the, the JUCO school that this current season, the new one, is about, their season will be played in the spring. So I'm wondering okay. if big universities are going to follow suit and just punt it a few months. Golly. So we'll see. Punt it. Pun intended. Got it. Um, all right. Well, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Chad Veach joins us.
You're listening to The Head and the Heart. The song is Honeybee. Well, Chad Veach is a pastor, communicator, author, and he's a passionate people person. If you've ever met him, he's he lights up in a room. Gotta love the guy. Uh, he's a lead pastor and founder of Zoe Church based in L.A., and, you know, because of his deep passion for people, he wrote a new book that's coming out in a couple of weeks, all about using your influence to improve the lives of others. It's called Help I Work With People. And our very own Tyler Huckabee sat down with him to talk about the book and a lot more. Here's part of our conversation with Chad Veach. This book uh, that is ostensibly about leadership, but obviously uh, not everybody listening to this podcast necessarily thinks of themselves as a leader or as one of the other things you refer to a lot in the book as a people person, because I think we have a very culturally ingrained idea of what leaders and people people (laughs) should look like. Uh, So what would you say to somebody who's like, well, I'm not really the kind of person people look to as a leader, or I'm not the kind of person who people assume as a people person. Uh, What would you tell them? The reason why I wrote this book is what God is passionate about most, I want to be passionate about most. God is so passionate about people, he sent his one and only son for people, not for a church. He's using his son to build a church, but he's obsessed with humanity. So the the origin of this book is really to go like, hey guys, like you realize what God loves the most, right? It's humans. And so I, I just don't think God's going like, okay, all you guys that are quiet over there, I'm all, back in the line. I'm only using the loud ones. Like, that's just, that's not God. Because I think a great thought is, you know, Paul goes, I become all things to all people. And the truth within that is you can't win people that don't like you. So there's some people that look I, in, this is the great thing about where we're at right now. Some people look at me and they go, I hate the way that guy dresses. I hate the way that guy preaches. I hate the way he talks. He's too loud. He's too this, that. But you know what? There's some people that go, I love the way he preaches. I love the way he dresses. I love the, and, and so people I can't reach, you can, but, it, but we'll never reach them if our heart doesn't love people. You point out a lot that in order to be uh, to be helpful to other people, in order to to uh, fulfill your calling, you need to stay healthy. You need to get healthy. For somebody who hears that and is like, "Well, I don't think I am very healthy. I don't feel very healthy." What advice do you have for them? What are some things we can do to try to stay healthy? Well, that's a fantastic question because I think it's a cocktail of bad decisions that get you into a mess, and it's a cocktail of great decisions. That get you into hell. So let's take a verse, for example, when the Bible says, beloved, I pray your soul may prosper in all things. So the all things is very important because our soul, which is our, our, our mind, will, and emotions, our soul has to prosper in all things to do well. So let's look at the buckets of life, physical health, emotional health, spiritual health, even financial health. So in order for me to be healthy, I can't look at like, that's why I can't just like read the Bible and I'm healthy. It's like, I got to drink water, really need to sleep. Boy, hobbies would be good for my mental health. Community is really good for my soul. Like I've got to make decisions 
That's why I think it's really important to differentiate between are you physically tired or is your soul tired? Sometimes I'm spiritually bankrupt. So maybe I need to get some spiritual renewal going on in my life. So I think leadership is just identifying what small disciplines do I need to create in my life to check the box of going like, this is what I need physically. I noticed for me, I need eight hours of sleep. I know some guys are superheroes. They only need six. I'm not that guy. I need eight hours of sleep. I know for me spiritually, I'm just kind of selfish and not kind. If I don't have daily Bible reading. Just for me, that's just how I'm wired. I know for me, my soul, I need hobbies. I need outlets. This morning, I teed off at 5.50 a.m. to play golf to be done by nine. Why? I want to work, but I need hobbies. And I got four kids. So it's about the only time I could play golf, right? And so I just think it's about making little decisions of disciplines and stewardship of who you are to become healthy. Something that we are all learning to deal with a lot more now, I think, in the current social media era we're in is learning how to deal with criticism, which is something that... uh, Public people have always had to know how to do well, but now the rest of us are having to play catch up too. You are somebody who's had to feel a fair amount of criticism yourself. What advice do you have for us to know how to determine how to listen to criticism well and to determine what criticism is valid and, and what isn't? Well, I think it's always just, it's always good to, to, to look at criticism and just go like, is that true? Like, do I do that? I get criticism like crazy now more than ever you're a fake preacher. You're a, you don't preach the whole gospel. You, you're, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it feels limitless right now. I have to, for the ones that every once in a while I see and I go, do I do that? Am I that? I think it's just, Hey, before I rule everything out, maybe I can rule everything in and just kind of look at it and go, do I need to improve here? Now I will tell you, where do I listen to criticism the most? my wife, our team. You know, I saw someone post the other day, the people who know me the most, I want to respect me the most. So it's like, I'm really going to listen to people that I live life with because, you know, they like, they know me. Somebody on social media does not know me at all. They know a fraction of the highlight reel of my life. Nobody posts the bad stuff of their life on social media. We're posting our very best. So you don't know me. For the people that are living life with me, if they bring criticism, I gotta give ear to them. Chad Veach, make sure to check out his new book, Help I Work With People, when it comes out August 18th. It's okay. It's Listening to Two Feet, the song is gray. All right, well, it's time for your feedback. But if you're looking at the clock, you know that this is a really long show. And the question of the week last week was so good. 
we don't and your feedback was so good we don't want to cut it short so we have made an executive decision to punt this week's feedback segment to next week if you don't remember we talked about aliens last week and kind of the confirmation that ufos exist that the government is finally confirming it we had a minister and astrobiologist on the show to talk about kind of the faith and science ramifications of if aliens are truly real and confirmed to be real, what does that do to Christian theology? And it's just, it's just a deep well of uh, content there. So we asked you, what do you think about aliens? And does that change your faith in any way? You hit us up on uh, our messages. You slid into our DMs on Instagram, on Relevant Magazine, and you replied to uh, us on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. There's a bunch of great stuff. And if you didn't reply, we want to hear from you. Uh, So hit us up and let us know what you think about the alien news. And uh, we will read your feedback on next week's show. Many thanks to Corey Asbury for joining us. You can get his brand new album. It's out now. Just released a couple days ago. Get it wherever you listen to music and uh, do yourself a favor and follow him on Instagram at Corey Asbury. He's a pretty funny dude. Also, thanks to Chad Veach. His new book, Help, I Work With People, comes out August 18th. You can pre-order it today. And also, Follow Chad on IG at Chad Veach. He's very prolific on the platform. Well, on that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron String. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. And I'm Derek Minor, producer for the newest artist, Blackwater <laughs> Cherry, coming in stores 2021. Uh, we will see you next week. Have a good weekend, everyone. listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on twitter facebook and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts check out our relevant podcast network featuring shows like relevant daily signs of life unedited and many more launching throughout the year nearly broke our necks with just his finger strength. Relevant Podcast Network. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.